recent story on New Model Advisor, we revealed that several funds labelled sustainable held a US healthcare company called Centene Corporation. The £66 billion company has been involved in widely reported instances of poor care and corporate misconduct, and the article raised questions about the freedom with which investment managers use sustainable labels for their funds and how green healthcare stocks really are. Here to discuss this further with me today is Chris Wellsford, the Managing Director of Ayers Punchard Investment Management, whose firm has undertaken extensive research into Centene. So, Chris, hello, and thank you very much for being with us today. How are you? Good, Nicola. Thank you. Yeah. Chris, why did Ayers Punchard decide to dig into Centene, and sort of how did you go about researching this company? We research companies within the portfolio held by our fund managers that, that basically flag up on our on our sort of scoring system so we we do we do a very basic um, UN global compact sort of analysis of all of the companies there's roughly 400 companies in the in the funds and we'd like to research all of them but we're only a small team so we can't so we we look for those that score possibly poorly I suppose you'd say that uh, less, less than a 50 using the um, arabesque system. Uh, we only use the arabesque system, the free version, just to get a rough idea of what we're looking at. Um, and, and then we will put forward companies that, in our view, fail that scoring. So fail to meet our screening. Interestingly, Centene was one that had a quite a high overall score, but it failed on the um, anti-corruption element. Of the of the GC, I mean, anybody involved in 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 investing in this area should be of well, they'll all be well aware of the SDGs, but they need to be aware of the Global Compact as well, because the Global Compact kind of sets out a framework of conduct for companies. That's how we ended up looking at Centene, along with a whole load of other companies. Uh, I think there were fourteen in total for that particular fund that we were looking at. So Centene was only held by one fund in the whole of uh, in the whole of the portfolio. I see, I see. And what did you discover, what did your firm discover um, about Centene in particular that, that kind of raised red flags for you? What did your uh, colleague Elle uh, sort of research and uh, look into? They did the research for, I mean, but first of all, it starts off, somebody else actually did the, Alex did the um, original work on it. And... They, they do a, a very basic online search, which basically allows them to find out. They're, they're going to look at the subject, aren't they? They're going to look at the anti-corruption issue that we, we were concerned about. And, and oddly enough, that threw up a whole load of human rights um, issues, which we weren't expecting. With hindsight, we probably should have, should have expected it. And as you do this work, you kind of start to get a better handle on what's likely given the sector. But anti-corruption is really common, particularly in health. So a lot of the health companies that we've looked at are pharmaceuticals and um, they, they tend to get embroiled in a lot of uh, legal uh, disputes around corruption. Uh, and we, we will know that from the UK, you know, when we've seen what happened with um, pharmaceutical companies allegedly bribing doctors to use their drugs. So that's what we, we kind of thought we'd go down that route and we find these things and that's not what we found at all. That's not uncommon. Quite often you'll, you'll go off looking and you'll find something completely different from what you expected. Basically, you just can't take the, the scores at face value. 
just because Arabesque says it so doesn't mean that it is necessarily. Um, and also their system, I think it's pretty AI based. So we, we um, but we, we don't use that. It's just a steer. It's literally just a steer for us. Uh, we're much more interested in what we discover. Yeah. And I wonder, could, could you pick out a couple of the examples of, you know, what you did discover about scenting that really kind of struck you or, or, or shocked you? The thing is that almost to pick up an example or exam- examples is, is, is slightly meaningless almost with this co- particular company because it was just so widespread. Um, it was pretty shocking. And it is pretty shocking. And if anybody really takes the time to, to read in, in, into what's been going on, it's really quite frightening. And, and to be fair, it's it's sort of obviously subjective. Some some of it's a bit subjective, but but I don't think so. Not really across the board. I mean, ultimately, I think the most shocking thing was the fact that it was just so far apart from what the company comes across as. So, in the in the conclusion to the report, we write that the findings bear little resemblance to the depiction of this company as one that helps disadvantaged and vulnerable individuals and that delivers strong outcomes. Instead, it would appear that Centene is a company willing to take advantage of and exploit those people who often have nowhere else to turn. And I think that kind of captures the, the mood. And I, I have to say, when we, we, we obviously, prior to going back to the fund manager, we, we all have a meeting, we have a discussion about what we found and in this particular case, we were all scratching our heads trying to work out how it was in a sustainable portfolio at all. And the fact that you found it in lots of other sustainable portfolios that aren't in our portfolio um, is quite uh, interesting. Absolutely. It, it sort of, it, it says a lot. It says a lot, doesn't it? I think the, um, there's two parts to this because obviously they've got their um, operations in the United States, which is where the... Um, a lot of the, the sort of worst case abuse came from the Dashon Morris um, example, uh, the, 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 the sort of horrific examples that were reported in the press. Um, and then you've got their activities in the UK, which involved privatisation, or the, not really privatisation, but the buying up of um, GP practices, which is a sort of quasi-privatisation. It's got to be acknowledged that GP practices run as small businesses in their own right. So, the extent to which they are being privatised is, is, is it's, it's difficult to say, but it's, it's certainly on the road to it. As to what we saw in the states was the conflict between medical practitioners and the insurance company, because they're effectively an insurer, so you know, a medical insurer, and I think that's that's part of the issue. I think the other part of the issue is a lack of understanding of what the United Nations means by human a human right to health. You were saying to us that that that, that you've gone back to other fund managers that held the, the stock. Yes, yeah, so at New Model Advisor, we approached investment managers whose funds hold Centene. Um, these were sustainable funds, and we we asked them to comment and. And the sort of general consensus was that Centene supposedly provides healthcare coverage to 26 million people, many in uh, poor and vulnerable communities, and so the overall impact of the company is more positive and negative. How do we how do we unpack that? I guess, Chris. When we're talking to fund managers in this, I mean, I've been in this business for an awful long time, and most of the fund managers that I've interviewed in the past have been conventional fund managers. 
So it's really only since about 2009 that that I started talking predominantly to um, what were SRI fund managers, and and then and then after that, probably from 2014, exclusively sustainable managers. I hardly I don't think I've spoken to a conventional fund manager for years, and the whole of the industry is based on the UN SDGs. It, it just absolutely, you know, from from every angle, SDGs are all around you. And the and the global compact is at the back of all of that because because ultimately that that set out the the um, the principles for for business and and they 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 all say they're aware of them and they well not just aware of them but they, and some of them have been almost involved with their with the writing of these principles I say almost because it's difficult sometimes to say exactly. But if you go to if you go to if you go to the basics, we're talking about principles here, and principles um, are about establishing almost rules of conduct. They are rules of conduct in this particular case. But you know, we all have principles. <laughs> we say that, don't we? You know, on principle, <laughs> this is this is how I'm going to behave. But and and, and yeah, you can and you you may fail. <laughs> And that's fair enough too, you know. One of the things we had to do when we were talking about Centene was to try to explain why health is a human right. There are lots of aspects to it, and El will speak a lot more eloquently about how that works. But human rights are defined by the United Nations. They're not some some are inalienable, right to life and stuff like that. But but the right to health is is probably more complex. And one of the criticisms we had to kind of answer, which we did, which was which was basically how does private health impede or impact on the human right to health? And we said, well, it doesn't necessarily. That's not what we're saying. What we're what we're saying is that privatizing already public healthcare systems is acknowledged by the UN as having the potential to impact on health as a human right. Um, and that's because of the way that it can lead to issues over access to healthcare. Chris, do you think that there is automatically this kind of contradiction, this fundamental contradiction between companies that are providing privatised healthcare and, say, a fund that focuses on social issues or social inequality issues? No, and that's, and that's the misunderstanding, really. This is actually really important because... Nobody's saying that private healthcare itself is a transgression of any human rights principle, not in itself. The problem is about privatisation of already publicly provided healthcare systems. And the UN have written about this. And that is the, that, that is the issue when it comes to uh, privatisation of National Health Service, for instance. It's seen as the as a degradation of the human right to health because it may have um, an, the impact of reducing access to healthcare. But to come back to the original question, which was around the principles, the, the UN principles, the 10 principles of the Global Compact, in a very, it's a very, very good paper that they wrote, a white paper uh, published, I think, back in 2016, 
And they say both the UN Global Compact 10 principles and the guiding principles have been embraced widely by business organizations around the world. However, with the adoption of UN Agenda 2030 for sustainable development and the related sustainable development goals, there is some confusion and misunderstanding with respect to the linkage between a principles-based approach to business and the realization of broader sustainable development objectives, i.e. the SDGs. Moreover, there is emerging concern that unless business action in relation to the SDGs is underpinned with principles, companies will be quick to jump to promotional initiatives, skipping the essential starting point of reducing negative impacts on people associated with their own business activities and value chains. In the words of John Ruge, the author of The Guiding Principles. I think that's what we're talking about here. We're taking the positive stuff that comes out of every fund manager's literature that is all about the good these companies do and and completely ignores any of the negative impacts. And we're saying that actually you need to look at the negative impacts first because if you've if you've negatively impacted on on a section of the community or, or part of the planet, then it's not a question of trying to balance off that negative impact against the positive impact. That's not the right way of looking at it when it's a, a principle. When when you've impeded a principle, then then you've done harm. And and that doesn't seem to be recognised. From a fund manager's perspective, what would a financial advisor then say, you know, if a fund manager said, well, it's going to cause disruption in my portfolio if I remove this company tomorrow? Yeah, um, it will. And we're not saying that they should. So we, we I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're investors. <laughs> and we understand that divesting is not... Um, something that can happen overnight and sometimes it has to happen over a long period of time because some fund managers say that forms 10% of a multi-billion pound portfolio I mean it won't do but let's say 5% um, you'd hope it wouldn't be 10 but, but let's say it was 5% of a multi-billion dollar portfolio and um, they just sold the whole lot tomorrow that would be extremely irresponsible but to not even recognise the arguments around uh, around the sorts of problems that we exp- that we found with regard to Centene would be a, a, a absolutely extraordinary, and it does sound from the response that you got that that's kind of what they're saying. And we're not saying that's what happened with the com- with the fund that we've engaged with. They've been extremely um, responsible in the way that they've they've engaged, and we've. We've actually enjoyed our engagement with them. We're, 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 we're in the middle of it. So we don't think that's happening here. But we, we have had engagements with other fund managers which have left us pretty cold. So I can imagine that that may well be the way that other fund managers are looking at it. How, how did you feel? Did you actually speak to anybody, Nicola? Yes, we, we spoke to three fund managers and, yeah, none of them suggested that they were they would be eager to, to pull Centene out of the portfolio tomorrow. Um, it was a case of, you know, we are um, we monitor these companies on an ongoing basis. But the nature of that monitoring is also really interesting. So, you know, we were reassured by the companies um, 
uh, statement on this. What does it mean? It doesn't really mean anything. We were reassured by the marketing blurb. Time and time again, fund managers are believing what companies tell them. They're quite happy to take the reassurances and to, I don't know, almost ignore the evidence. I'm trying to be diplomatic here because it's very frustrating when you've done a lot of research and you've provided the evidence for that to be ignored. And I'm not saying that's what's happening in our engagement with that particular fund manager here, because that, that isn't what's happening. They are definitely listening and, and, and engaging positively with us. But that isn't the case with other fund managers that we've engaged with in the past. I mean, healthcare companies in particular, have you discovered similar issues with other healthcare stocks held in funds uh, in your portfolio before? Or was the case of Centene quite unique in that regard? Yeah, I'd say it probably is unique. We, we looked at another company called Orpio, which was um, is a healthcare provider, um, Care Homes. And that, there were some pretty shocking things came out of that too. But apart from that, not really. Um, I think healthcare makes up somewhere between 3 and 8% of our of our five models so roughly roughly three to eight percent and that's not a not a massive part of it really surprisingly because of course in the sustainable portfolios it's generally healthcare and technology um, it's quite a big, big themes yeah i think i think we can say senti particularly particularly shocking yeah so the biomedical companies for example is there a common thread in the pattern of issues that you've seen raised uh, from those companies in the past? I think it's mostly anti-corruption issues. So, so mo- mostly um, lawsuits. That's been the issue with, with the biotechs. Cor- corruption in terms of probably bri- bribery and stuff like that, which, which you know, it's, it's unfortunately... For a lot of those companies, it's, it's just part and parcel of their business model that they, that not that they bribe people, but, but that they get accused of it. Um, and uh, that's not what we're talking about here. Back to Centene specifically, you know, this case does demonstrate the importance of, um, you know, looking beneath the surface of a fund's uh, narrative. It's, you know, ESG or sustainability credentials um, or messages. What can financial advisors take away from your research and in particular the case of Centene being found in these uh, sustainable funds that have their own values around uh, good health care? I think the biggest lesson is that you, you mustn't believe everything you're just being told because the fund managers will inevitably want to pre- present a very positive image of the companies they're invested in. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense, really, to to say, "Well, we've invested in this dreadful company. It's a, an absolutely awful bag of nightmares." Um, I hope you like it. <laughs> it. Doesn't make any sense, does it? And you know, it's like um, it's like the old, uh, like you know, we've invested in a portfolio of unsustainable companies. Please buy them. <laughs> <laughs> not going to are they it's just a it's it's a marketing disaster but go back to what the un um white paper said uh, about it about the the risk of using the sdgs and the and the gc as some sort of marketing trick be careful because you know you're taking something that was designed to 
promote a better world and a, and a better chance for humanity, and you're using it for commercial, for commercial gain uh, in, in a way that it wasn't designed. And there's nothing wrong with investing for good and doing good for the world and the planet and, and humanity if that's actually what you're doing. But I, I actually believe personally that investing in Centene isn't doing that. So that's, that's, I think that's what fund managers need to think about. And maybe financial advisors need to think about the research that we did to accompany this uh, in terms of polling our clients. So we, we asked exactly the same questions that the King's Fund asked a few years ago. Well, I can't remember how many years ago. It wasn't that long, maybe two, two years ago. They, they polled um, a representative sample of the British public to ask them about NHS privatisation, um, whether they agreed with it or not, effectively. And we asked exactly the same set of questions of our clients with one added question of whether they would be happy investing in a company that was linked to NHS privatisation. And 71% of our clients said they wouldn't be happy with that. And that pretty much mirrored the 73%. I think we got a higher, we got a higher number of clients or a higher percentage of our clients saying that they were opposed to NHS privatisation than the King's Fund did in their study. And our clients are predominantly ultra high net worth or high net worth clients. Make of that what you will. But we felt very comfortable in drawing the conclusions that we drew in our report. Um, basically, that our findings bore little resemblance to the depiction of this company as one that helps disadvantaged and vulnerable individuals and delivers strong outcomes. And we we were really nervous as well from a reputational point of view that we would be um, we, we should be involved with any sort of commercial um, organisation that would uh, be um, working towards the privatisation of uh, the National Health Service in the UK. I mean, basically, our, our research led us to the conclusion that, that this holding threatens to undermine the principles of responsible investment, and it represents a significant reputational risk to, to, uh, to us and to the funds that hold it. And Centene seems at odds with uh, the human right to health. It doesn't seem to be a company that supports SDG3, which is what is claimed of it, rather undermines it. And um, we view Centene as potentially impeding the fulfilment of SDG 3 and 10, and potentially transgressing the GC principle 1, 2, and 10. Um, and that's, that's effectively, I'll just read these actually. Principle 1 is business should support and respect the protection of internationally proclaimed human rights. Two, make sure they're not complicit in any human rights abuses. And 10, businesses should work against corruption in all forms, including extortion and bribery. And those were the three principles we felt were being transgressed, potentially. And um, the SDGs that were potentially being impeded, just so everybody's aware, SDG 3 is ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for all at all ages. And number 10 
reduce inequality within and amongst countries. So we stated that those were the principles that we felt were potentially being impeded or transgressed. Um, I think it's also just worth mentioning that the there was a tendency uh, to for in, in the engagement process for the fund manager to try to focus on specific specific cases. Um, one of them being Dashon Morris, which was um, a small child who was denied um, care uh, and um, medical uh, intervention, which has had a, a life-changing, detrimental, life-changing effect on that individual. Um, and we had to say that that wasn't really the point that we would by doing that, that gave the company the chance to say, well, we've settled, we've done this, we've done that, the legal case is over or whatever, you know, that there, there was action being taken in that, in respect of that particular case. We were saying, look at the, the scope of this, that there are a multitude of, of, of cases, um, widespread uh, neglect and things happening which were, which you could look at and say, this is more of a culture within the organization, a very big organization that is willing to operate its business model in that way. And, you know, is that really suitable for a sustainable uh, approach um, or even a much less so an impactful approach? Because impact needs to be positive. And we could see very little that was positive about about Centene from an impact perspective. Well, Chris, I mean, you've certainly given, you know, financial advisors and investors and fund managers too, you know, a lot to think about. Um, I think we'll have to wrap up there. Um, but Chris, if our listeners want to learn anything more about your portfolios or a bit about what Airs Punchard does, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, airspunchard.co.uk. And we, we run this research separately from, from the financial advice business. So we run, a, we run a model portfolio called Key to the Future. Uh, we do that uh, in conjunction with um, with a discretionary manager that we've um, that we've engaged, and uh, um, Peregrine and Black, uh, Chris Redman, who, uh, who I work with. Fantastic. And if uh, listeners have any questions for me or for Chris uh, about this episode, feel free to get in contact uh, at New Model Advisor. That's our handle on Twitter. Or you can email me, I'm nblackburn at citywire.co.uk. Thanks again, Chris, for joining and everyone for listening.